Hello, everyone, and welcome into CrushTheStreet.com. I'm Kenneth Amanduri, and I'm joined today with a returning guest, someone who hasn't been on the show in a while, and it's been too long, if you ask me, and I'm so I'm super grateful for him taking the time to come back on the show. It's Michael Snyder of the very popular Economic Collapse blog. Uh, he's a former Washington, D.C. attorney who spends his time writing, speaking, and educating people through his sites and his books. Uh, some of the older books include uh, Rapture Verdict and The Beginning of the End, uh, but just released this July is The Seven-Year Apocalypse. So I'm sure we'll get into that today, but really there's no shortage of topics to discuss here in August of 2021. I mean, we have Afghanistan unfolding, we have the COVID situation, we have the pandemic, we have exponential debt that's you know ladening the entire world and just really uh, an acceleration of this collapse uh, happening in real time. So uh, no better person to be speaking to about this than Michael Snyder. Michael, thanks for coming on the show with me once again. Hey, it's great to be back with you. Thank you for having me on today. Well, let's start with headline news. Uh, what's going on in Afghanistan? I read a statistic that said, uh, we spent $300 million a day for the last 20 years as a America in Afghanistan. I guess that comes out to $2 trillion. I didn't check the math on that. I read the headline. Uh, but it seems to make sense. And it's the general sense of what we've done in the Middle East. And, and it's insane. You now we're leaving and it's just being overran uh, by the Taliban. And so I guess there's an argument to be made that the U.S. doesn't need to be the world's police anymore. But after doing what we've done, you think we wouldn't leave it in such disarray. Oh, I completely agree with you. It's one thing to leave and to withdraw, but it's another thing to do it with, with complete and utter chaos, where it's literally a national humiliation. It's a humiliation for the Biden administration, certainly. But, you know, this is... This is uh, what is done is it's exposed the weakness of the United States, really exposed the weakness of the international order, because what the paradigm has been really in the post-World War II era, and particularly over the last several decades, the, the kind of the Western order, they call it the liberal international order, or the liberal world order, or the, you've heard the term new world order, but basically the idea is the Western, this international order led by the Western powers, they would go around the world and they would either by revolution or by military forces, we saw in Afghanistan, set up a overthrow the old bad government that they didn't like, set up a new friendly government that was supposed to have our or their values, not my values, not your values, but their values, their liberal international values. And then they would take this new friendly government and integrate it into the world system, the emerging world system, where it said, okay, you have to abide by our international rules. You have to abide by our trade rules. You're going to become part of the club. And so the idea is that slowly but surely, they would get everyone in the world to join the club and that they would be at basically rule uh, the world at, through their international system in, in effect. But now what this is, what Afghanistan has shown that a bunch of opium dealing drug dealers, a bunch of goat herders can fight back against this liberal international order, this new world order, and win 
And so now the Taliban is back stronger than before, seemingly more popular than before. You know, the, the, the guys who we overthrew 20 years ago are back. And not only are they back and have taken power, but they're literally kicking us in the behind on our way out the door in Afghanistan. I couldn't believe the video, and the, the pictures and the footage we were getting of Kabul International Airport. Uh, you know, people running on the tarmac of, of C-17s completely overloaded, of, of people desperately trying to climb the walls in, of the airport to get in, the Taliban blocking the roads to the airport. And, and the only way we can uh, evacuate safely is because the Taliban is allowing us to do so. It's insane. It's crazy. But what this shows is how weak the U.S. is, how weak the liberal international order is. And ultimately, that's going to embolden the enemies of the United States and the liberal international order. We're talking about China. We're talking about Russia. We're talking about Iran, North Korea, others. Uh, and now, because what's what the, the, the status quo for the last several decades has been that these other powers have been not very adventurous because the liberal international order has kind of brought a stability to everything because they were the biggest kid on the block. They were so strong, you didn't really want to mess with them. But now that whole paradigm is changing. And so now, just yesterday, China openly mocked Taiwan and said, hey, look, look what they did in Afghanistan. They're not going to come help you when, if we decide to invade. And, and China's been looking at an invasion of Taiwan for a long time. And so they might, at some point, they might pull the trigger because they're saying, hey, the Americans don't want to fight anymore. Biden is weak. The, the U.S. military is weak. Uh, and they're looking at the whole international order and they're seeing weakness. They're seeing the American people don't want any more wars. Democrats don't want more wars. Republicans don't want more wars. And so what this could potentially do is create a destabilizing situation where it might actually promote more international wars because people realize the United States is weak and the United States doesn't really want to fight anymore. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, we can speak generally, you know, as the, as the U.S., I'm not sure, uh, you know, maybe Democrat versus Republican, you know, both evil, the lesser of two evils, you know, how you want to kind of divide and conquer that. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, from the southern border to Hamas and Israel to the Taliban, you know, especially since Biden has been elected, uh, you use the word emboldened. We've emboldened not productive behavior, you know, the anti to productive behavior uh, and its weakness. And we're signaling weakness to our, our neighbors, to our enemies. And, you know, why is that? Is it a hard issue? Is there a lack of allegiance to the country from our political leaders? What, what's the reason behind that? Because you can't even begin to have the conversation of what is the best course of action if you haven't even you you don't have someone that's trying to do the best thing for for the American people and then the rest of the world. Yeah, well, ultimately, America is becoming more feeble with each passing day. We're a deeply divided nation. The last election saw that. We're constantly seeing that deeply, deeply dividing. We're fighting each other. Then we've got the most physically and mentally feeble president in the White House we've ever had. And he's surrounded by, in my opinion, the weakest team that any president in modern American history has had. 
And then we've got our military, our new woke. But, but are they American? I mean, are they, uh, uh, do they care about the best thing for America? Is it a short term instant gratification for their time and power? I mean, I just, what I see is, is just backwards politics. Yeah. And that's part of it. Another part of it is just flat out incompetence. And we're seeing this in Afghanistan right now where they said, well, okay, we're going to pull out, but they they're doing it in the most incompetent way possible. And we're seeing incompetence everywhere. We're seeing weakness and incompetence at the border. We're seeing weakness and incompetence in dealing with this pandemic. We're seeing weakness and incompetence in dealing uh, uh, with the uh, economy, you know, where they're trying to keep the, the economic game going as long as possible. They're, they're, uh, and the federal government, they're saying, we don't care about the future. We're just borrowing and spending money like there's no tomorrow. We're seeing the Federal Reserve. They don't even call it quantitative easing anymore, but they're just pump, they've pumped trillions and trillions of dollars into the financial system, which has kept the stock market bubble going for longer than I thought they could do it. But, but in the process, what they're doing is they're creating tremendous inflation. They're destroying the, our currency, which has been the reserve currency of the world. And they're destroying our economic future, loading us with a, a crazy amounts of debt. Um, and, and, and it's weakness, it's panic is leading us down the road to hyperinflation. So everywhere you look, you see crisis after crisis, you see weakness, you see incompetent responses. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, and, and the rest of the world, especially after what they've seen in Afghanistan, the rest of the world is realizing America, wow, they've been exposed, they're weak, and that, that's going to be a destabilizing thing for the whole world in, in a whole uh, a number of different ways. Well, let's talk about, uh, again, more backwards policies, politics, economics, you know, which totally ties into the economics. I mean, the amount of money that was printed to combat the pandemic, you know, shutting you know, billions of people down and, and keeping them from working. And then now just the ever never ending uh, stimulus that they're putting into the system uh, from money printing to direct payments to people. I think I read the statistic this last week that uh, there's 3 million signatures uh, of Americans that have signed up wanting more ongoing stimulus during the pandemic uh, monthly, basically. And so people are there. They, they want it. And I think the government is there, too. I mean, they're just going to I think they want to do this. Um, and so, I mean, when I look at what's happening with COVID, it's just it, unfortunately, I feel like the CDC, the WHO, they're actually killing people. Maybe I'll get shut down for this, posting this on, on YouTube. Um, they're they're anti-treatment that, you know, as much as they like to uh, label people and say someone's anti-vax, uh, maybe the vaccine is working to a certain degree. You know, there people are getting antibodies and uh, there's people that have had the vaccine that are, you know, being exposed to people that have covid uh, who are not getting COVID, but at the same time, there's people who have the vaccine that are getting COVID too. Uh, but what we're not hearing and we're, we're, what we're not seeing is the ability to go get treatment. Uh, a friend of mine who's in California right now, he's 33 years old, very sick, just, you know, very sick. He finds out he's trying to get ivermectin. It's been, you know, lots of doctors being shut down because they can't talk about it. They can't prescribe it. Walgreens, and CVS are not filling prescriptions in California for ivermectin. Why? Why? I mean, is is it is it? Why would you do that? Even if you don't like the idea, 
I mean, why would you shut that down? And I think there's money behind that. But anyways, I kind of gave you a big convoluted question there. I'm just kind of free rolling here. Um, what are your, what are some of your thoughts in general on this? Yeah, well, I agree. Ultimately, you want to follow the money and, and it's all about the pharmaceutical industry as so many things are, but it's absolutely insane because we were talking about before the show and, and uh, boy, I'm not supposed to say this, but ivermectin works. You look at India, India, the Delta variant was ripping through India. And if you look at the graph of their cases, you can literally plot the point where they started using ivermectin on a widespread basis and the number of cases and deaths just fell exponentially after that. The, 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 the studies have shown, the science has shown, the numbers have shown ivermectin works, bottom line. And if we used it on a widespread basis here in the United States, we could end this crisis uh, pretty much tomorrow if we went that route, if we were willing to go that route, we could save thousands and thousands of lives. We could re reduce the number of people dying probably by more than 90%, the number of new cases dramatically because it works, mm -hmm. but they don't, they, they're, for some reason, they're desperate not to, to allow this. And then the big tech companies, if you even mention it, wow, you're going to get censored into oblivion. So it's, it's completely and utterly insane. Instead, they said, everyone's got to go out and get these vaccines, which are not really vaccines. It's an entirely new technology, mRNA uh, vaccines, which hijack your cells, produce these spike proteins, which go end up going all over your body, cause, cause heart inflammation, cause heart inflammation in children. They know this, but they keep giving it to people. Utterly insane. And if you combine the numbers from the United States and Europe, the number of deaths that have been uh, voluntarily reported to the voluntary reporting systems, which only capture a small fraction of the actual numbers studies have shown. But according to the voluntary systems, tens of thousands of people have been have died as a result of these vaccines. And there's been over a million serious injuries when you combine the numbers from the United States and Europe. And those are actually those numbers are a little bit old by now. But ultimately, now they're saying that people have got to go out and get a third booster shot because just today, if you go on the Drudge Report today, top headlines, oh, it turns out the vaccines are not very only effective for a very short period of time, which I was telling people about a year ago. I said, look, they've already found out natural immunity to COVID only lasts for a certain amount of time. So any vaccines they come up with are only going to give you immunity for a short, a short period of time. We're talking about months. And I told people that nearly a year ago. Now, finally, the mainstream media is ca catching up just today and be like, oh, these vaccines only work for a couple of months. Now they're saying everyone's got to go out and get a booster shot in the fall, which is going to be more vaccine deaths, more vaccine injuries. It's a great, great tragedy. But all we have to do to solve this crisis is to go out and start using ivermectin on a widespread basis. I mean, the criminality and the tragedy this represents, I don't think I even have the words to describe it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it kind of leaves you speechless in in so many ways. Um, I, I just I don't know. I I don't know what this is leading to, and that's what I think is so frustrating because we're so to a point. Talk about being divided. It's not even by opinion now. You're going to need to show paperwork to be able to live in our society and for for much of this. I mean, this is not going away. If you don't have a vaccine. Maybe you can't fly, can't go to sporting events, can't go to school. I, I, I can't get benefits from the government, can't get your, your stimulus check. Uh, I mean, who knows what this is going to lead to? And, and I think this is 
It's already happening. It, that's the thing. It's like, it's not conspiracy anymore. This is happening. Oh, it's true. It, a, a bill has been introduced in Congress, which would ban anyone that's not fully vaccinated from ever flying again. Now, hopefully that bill does not become a law, but it's frightening that a bill has actually been introduced. Then we've got the key to New York City, which uh, the New York mayor was uh, talking about today, which you're going to need it to go to restaurants, to gyms, to basically live a normal life and go out and function in society. You're going to need this key to New York City, which you can only get if you're fully vaccinated. San Francisco is doing a similar thing. You're going to have to be fully vaccinated to basically uh, live a normal life. Fortunately, I live in a rural area of a red state where we can live normal lives without being fully vaccinated. But if you live in a blue state or you live in a major city, that these things are gonna be required of you. It's absolute tyranny, it's absolute insanity. And it's, 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 you know, they're taking our liberties and freedoms away. Then if you speak out against it, you know, we saw on NBC News the other night, they put up this graphic, all of a sudden the, the Department of Homeland Security has issued this alert. They said, anyone that's, uh, that's against the COVID measures and against the restrictions, well, you're a potential terrorist, which is insane because in the old days, the, the terrorists were the, you know, uh, the, the guys overseas in traditional Islamic garb that were carrying around AK-47s, dealing drugs and shooting at everyone. Well, no, no, now we're running away from those people. Now they're, they've, they're focused on tyranny here uh, inside the United States. But the good news is a lot of people are waking up and then once again, people are seeing, hey, you know, the regime, they're, they're getting weaker. They can't impose their will internationally. So are they going to be able to do it even inside our own borders? We don't know. But a, a lot of people are upset. A lot of people are pushing back. And uh, I think that's a good thing because the level of, I mean, tyranny we're seeing, we're seeing a steady march into authoritarianism, particularly in the Western world, not just here with the Biden administration, but Canada has gone completely nuts. Australia, New Zealand. New Zealand just locked, locked down their entire country over one case. They said, we're going to do a complete national lockdown because we had one case. Insane. You know, in the old days, I, I used to say, people would say, Michael, where, I want to leave the United States. Where should I go? And, and New Zealand was a country that was always discussed. But now I would never recommend anyone go to New Zealand because New right. Zealand is completely and totally insane. Yeah, and that's kind of the the frustrating thing about it. And, and maybe what is sustained and artificially sustained the U.S. is that the whole world is doing the same thing in unison. So if there was a way to opt out of the United States to go somewhere better, maybe the U.S. would have collapsed a long time ago. But the whole world is doing the same thing. So there's not a real opt out. And therefore, uh, there's a demand for the U.S. craziness, if, if that makes sense. And so I, I wonder how long that can go on for. I mean, we talked about, you know, the money printing that's happening. I, if you would have told me we would have had, you know, $3.5 trillion bills in 2021 and in the trillion dollar stimulus plans and people were locked down, uh, businesses shut down, people not paying their rent, a pandemic. I mean, I would have thought gold would be $10,000 and the stock market would be you know, collapsing, real estate's collapsing, but it's just, it's just not what we're seeing right now. What, any thoughts on this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I, it's really incredible. The stock market bubble has lasted for as long as it had with, with so much other chaos going on out there. But, you know, I think the days of the stock market bubble are definitely limited. Um, 
and you know, because I, I believe that the chaos that we're seeing, I, I use the, the term, the perfect storm to describe what's happening, but we're seeing so many things happen all at the same time. We've talked about internationally what's happening in Afghanistan and elsewhere, but we're, 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 we're entering a time of also great natural disasters where we're seeing large earthquakes. We're seeing uh, dormant volcanoes going off all over the globe. We're seeing droughts and mega droughts, the worst drought in modern American history in the Western third of the nation right now, um, which is just uh, nightmarish, uh, particularly for farmers where a third of our vegetables and two thirds of our fruits and nuts are, are uh, grown in California alone. And almost the entire state of California is either in the highest or second highest level of drought right now. We're seeing horrific drought in Brazil um, where that's gonna affect affecting sugar and oranges and coffee. You're gonna start paying a lot more for your coffee uh, because of what's going on in, in Brazil. So we're seeing weather changes, weather patterns go nuts all over the world. We're seeing um, um, economic problems uh, all over the world. And here in the United States, a lot of people, a lot of people are fooled because they hear that inflation is still in single digits, which is not actually the case if you want to compare it. If you go back, because the way inflation is calculated has been changed literally dozens of times over the decades. So if you go back, and you compare inflation today to how it was calculated back in 1980, we would have a similar level of inflation today uh, 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 as they did back in the Jimmy Carter era of the late 1970s. But it's just because they've altered it and changed the formula and made it look as low as possible. But John Williams of shadowstats.com has gone back and he tracks it month by month. And we're already way into the double digits in terms of inflation. And they continue to spend more, more money. They continue to print more money. The Federal Reserve continues to put more money into the financial system. So it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And prices are going to keep going up. And that means our standard of living is going to keep going down. We've seen the price of used vehicles up over 40% over the last year. We're seeing housing prices just go absolutely wild. I um, missed the boat on that, by the way. I sold my car in like, April or, Mar or March, my and I was like, man, I should have waited a couple months. Yeah, because at this point, some used vehicles are selling for more than they did when they were new at this point. It's absolutely crazy. We've never seen anything like this uh, before. We're seeing housing prices, particularly in desirable rural and suburban areas around the country. For example, you look at Montana. Montana has become, particularly Western Montana, become very hot with people from New York where all of a sudden the median price in a lot of these areas in Western Montana is above $600,000 for a, a home in rural Montana because so many people from New York are, are moving out there where home prices have more than doubled in certain areas. I mean, we're seeing in, in certain areas uh, and sectors of the economy like real estate, home building materials just gone absolutely crazy. You know, I had somebody uh, come over the other day to install a hot water heater in my house and he was telling me about a certain type of material which he used to build his first home uh, just a few years ago where he would pay $14 each for a certain type of building. I, and I forget what it was, but he said it went from $14 to $72 is what he has to pay mm. now for each one. Just crazy. Um, so we're seeing this throughout the system. We're on the road to hyperinflation. Um, and this is something we've been anticipating for a long time. And, and this is part of what's driving up 
the stock market too. It's not because of the economy, but it's just a flood of money. But at some point, the whole system is going to come uh, uh, crumbling down. But man, things are getting crazy out there. Really are. So let's talk about uh, your book. Um, you've written another book, and uh, and so uh, what are what is the book about, and uh, what led you to writing uh, writing this latest book? Yeah, well, I'm a, a Christian, and so I look at everything from a Christian point of view. And ultimately, you know, I write a lot about collapse, the collapse of our economy, the collapse of our, our planet, the collapse of our politi in the political realm. And, and all these things are really, so many of the things that we see of this perfect storm are setting the stage for what I believe are the, the events we read about in the book of Revelation. We're not there yet, but I believe we're rapidly approaching the, the, the time period described in the book of Revelation. And, and Jesus said that the time just before his return would be the worst time in all of human history. He said, there's never been a time like it before and there will never be a time like it again. And so, and so you, people may have heard the term, the great tribulation, um, but really what the Bible describes is a seven-year apocalypse immediately preceding the return of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not, like I said, we're not there yet. And in the past, uh, years ago, people come to me and say, Michael, do you think this time is coming quickly? Do you think we're almost there? And I would say, no, I think we have some time left. I think we still have some years to go. Yeah, I do believe we're living in the end times, but I don't believe we're there quite yet. But now my answer has had to change because things are starting to go crazy. And so many of the pieces that we've been anticipating, so many of the things that I even wrote about in my previous book entitled Lost Prophecies of the Future of America, so many of those things are now falling exactly into place, exactly as I warned they would. So now I believe that we are uh, coming up to the door, coming up to the precipice. And I believe the vast majority of the people living in the world today will be alive as we enter the seven-year apocalypse. But I also believe that the vast majority of people that are alive right now will die during this seven-year apocalypse. So people need to understand this. And, and on a gut level, most people out there realize the times we're moving into, that most people realize things are going crazy. We see the one of the co-founders of Google moved to New Zealand. He's now living in a compound down there, completely cut off from the rest of the world. We see other elitists moving out of the country, moving to compounds around the world. We see just average Americans preparing. In fact, one of the heads of uh, one of the most prominent uh, survival food companies just was in, just interviewed. And he says that uh, the, the, his sales have multiplied sixfold just over the last couple months because people realize things are starting to get really, really crazy. So on a gut level, people realize that things are not good and that we're moving into really crazy times, but maybe they don't understand the bigger picture. This book is going to help people understand the bigger picture. It's like no end times or Bible prophecy you've ever read before. I promise you that. And, our, and the reviews and the response just since this book just came out last month has been absolutely overwhelmingly positive. So I encourage people to go get it. It's on amazon.com. Uh, in Kindle and in paperback format. And soon it'll be available on walmart.com, other places too, but it's available on amazon.com. Right now it's the number one new release in Christian eschatology on amazon.com, been that way for most of the past month. So I encourage people to go out, get it, give it to your friends, get it while it's hot. Yeah, I look forward to reading it. Um, 
Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, just sharing your thoughts with us. Uh, really, we, we could probably talk for another hour just with the craziness that's happening. Um, yeah, congratulations on, on the release of your new book and um, be well. I mean, seriously, like it's crazy. To, I, I don't like the term be safe. You know, because I just, I think that's just been used to, to make people, uh, live in fear and, and just kind of the, I don't know, go get the vaccine type of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, just be strong, be well. Um, if people want to learn more about you, the work you're doing, where they can get the book, uh, please share again where that is and what they can expect to find. Yeah, and I'm so glad you urge, urge people not to live in fear because even the new in the new book, I, I meant it to be a book of hope because people are things are going to get crazier, but people also need to realize I believe this is the most exciting time to be alive. In fact, there's no other time in all of human history that I'd rather be alive than right now. And so if people want to learn more and want to say, well, how can Michael say that? Well, go to the economiccollapseblog.com, endoftheamericandream.com, themostimportantnews.com. That's where you can find my articles on a regular basis. And then there you can find ads for the books on all those websites. And But once again, if you just want to go straight to amazon.com, you can find the book there. Just do a search for seven-year apocalypse or Michael Snyder, and that'll bring up all my books. You can find out on Amazon and paperback and Kindle format. Perfect. Yeah, I got it right here. I look forward to uh, reading the book, Michael. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, my friend.